What is up? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am your host, Brett McGrath. It's Friday, and you know what that means. I'm bringing you another conversation with a content marketer that matters. This time, I'm bringing you a marketer from one of my favorite B2B brands, and I think it might be one of your favorite B2B brands too. That is Gong. I can't tell you how much every time I talk to marketers, I ask for where are you finding inspiration? Where are you learning things? Gong continues to be brought up. So I wanted to bring the person in the thoughts and the mentality behind their content strategy on the damn show. So that's why I'm bringing Devin Reed on. We're going to talk about domain expertise and content marketing. This is a topic that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but I want to share it with all of you. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a damn friend about the show. Hey, why don't you just go to the juicehq.com, okay? Go to juicehq.com. Go Log on, become a member. It's free. Enjoy your frictionless content experience today. Start learning with us. All right, enough plugs, enough of that stuff. Let's kick it into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am excited for this one. I was just telling our guests before we hopped on that the company that he works for is probably the number one brand mentioned by marketers on this show and just in regular conversations. And I think, I just think they're doing things right and they're educating and people are learning from them, which is always the good building blocks to a good content strategy. I'm joined by Devin Reed, who is the head of content at Gong. Devin, welcome to the show. How are you? What's up, man? I'm great. I'm good. I was just telling you, I got, uh, my kiddo turns one in a couple of weeks. So I'm prepping my first kid's birthday party. You know, I think you said staying above water is what you're trying to do. I feel you. That doesn't really go away, but you know, worth, worth the effort. So I'm good, man. Thanks for asking. I got to dive in a little deeper on that. Is there any specific theme to this first birthday party? Yeah, my, my, my wife probably won't hear this. So when I say she's insane, uh, I'm, I'm safe. Uh, but no, nah, she's insane in the best way possible. So she's decided that uh, our daughter's name is Rumi. She's decided that Rumi Cella is the concept for every year of her birthday. Uh, and the theme underneath the headliner, if you will, is Baby Shark. So I don't know if you've heard Baby Shark a thousand oh, yeah. times yet. If anyone listening to this has a kid, you've heard it a million times. So she's done a phenomenal job prepping for all of that. Uh, I think I've got a uh, I call it Daddy Shark. I'm never going to call myself Daddy outside of this context, but uh, <laughs> I've got a shirt in the mail. It's a whole thing. I'm sure there'll be photos. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what we're prepping for. The things that that you do for your loved ones, I appreciate you sharing there. So the topic I want to get into today is domain expertise in content marketing. Yep. I think you know you you've got a a background in sales, and obviously Gong is a sales platform. So I think there's a good mix there and. There's always a debate like d- domain expertise. Do you need it? Like if not, so I yeah. want to get into a little bit of that with you today as someone who's going through that. But maybe before we do, in case anyone doesn't already know what Gong is or what Gong does, yeah. why don't you give people a, a brief there? Sure. So uh, Gong is a revenue intelligence platform. Uh, really what that means is that we collect all of the client-facing interactions that sales teams, account marketer, or account uh, managers customer success folks have. So think all of the emails that go back and forth, phone calls, uh, web conferencing meetings, and when they occur or occur again, uh, in-person meetings. We capture all of those interactions and we start to surface one full visibility. So you just know what's going on 
Two, you see uh, what's working at what and what's not. And then the last pillar is providing insights at scale so senior leaders can make better you know, business decisions and make sure their strategic initiatives are fulfilled by understanding, again, what's happening in the market, what's happening on my sales floor, and then combining those insights for a good go-to-market plan. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to get into, as we d- dive into the conversation, some, some use cases and maybe why I'm hearing so much from Gong customers on why they love your content. We'll get into that, but appreciate the overview. I guess first out of the gates, like you as a, a quota carrying sales rep at Gong, did you ever envision that you'd be in the position you are now as kind of head of content strategy for the company? No, the very <laughs> fast for sure answer is no. At best, I hoped I would be like a content marketing manager, like, you know, just like an IC creating content because you know, little backstory was, you know, when I was at Eventbrite before Gong, I was on, you know, sales rep on the large accounts team was, you know, hitting quota, doing good. And I had this itch. I wanted to kind of explore what a content focused role would be. And this was about five years ago. So content, you know, wasn't what it is today. Influencers on LinkedIn, all that stuff was very, very, you know, elementary, if at all, or, you know, kind of early. And so I kind of shopped around, you know, like, hey, is there a sales enablement role where I can use my sales skills, but create content internally that didn't shake out? Got the opportunity to interview for a marketing manager position, uh, got all the way to the final stage, took a personality test, was told that I failed it for curiosity. I wasn't curious enough. Uh, so I was kind of dejected, right? I felt really bad. I'd like been close to the decision maker on that call. I thought I kind of had it. And so, no, I was like, man, maybe I'm just meant to be a sales rep, right? And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I I loved that experience, but I want, you know, when you want something more, you you know, you have that internal battle, like, am I meant for this thing or is it, you know, just a pipe dream? And I'm, you know, kind of just, you know, looking through that world and was a rose tinted glasses, if I'm remembering that phrase correctly. And so when I left, I, you know, went and interviewed at Gong and I told the VP early, I was in the interview process. I'm like, look, I don't know that I'm going to be your sales rep for five years. Like I have this passion. I don't know how it's going to take form. And simultaneously I had started the reader, which was me just freelancing any content stuff I could get my hands on because I wanted to prove to myself after that, you know, that, uh, that personality test, like that I can go get paying clients to help with marketing and go to market stuff. And so that started building up my confidence and I didn't really know where it was going to go. I just knew like, hey, if you, if you, I don't know, this is really cheesy. Like if you build a door frame, maybe the door will open an opportunity, right? So I'm like, just get some experience, get some confidence, something good will happen. And then I, you know, was a sales rep at Gong for a couple of years. And I can kind of talk about how I actually moved over to marketing if you want. But that was kind of like the, the backstory of like what that mental kind of transition was from going from like a full, you know, full-time sales rep to like trying to get my foot in the door for content. I love I love how you like were uh, open and honest with the hiring managers at Gong in saying like I probably I might not be your guy for five years. This is like yeah. where my passion is. Was that something that came up later down the road? Like those dots were connected, or was that like a drumbeat of conversations that you you had with your your you know your manager throughout the process? To be honest, it was like a seed I had planted early because it was honest and just like on my mind. And I think it was in response to like, you know, what, what, where you see yourself in five years or like a similar question. I'm like, I'm either going to be a manager in sales. I'm going to go into sales leadership, but like, I don't, I'm not committed to that. I'm, I'm, and I'm also like thinking about this other thing. So I, I mean, at the time Gong was 40 worldwide employees and 12 in the States. So like I knew a million doors were going to open. And so I figured what could be the you know downside of just kind of getting that feeler out there early on. And so, yeah, that was, that was kind of like 
that. And then we never really talked about it until I was, until I went and asked if I could move over to marketing. So, you know, I uh, talked to like the CMO and kind of got some approvals because there's an open role, all that stuff. And when I went to my VP, I just like told him like, Hey, like, you know, this opportunity opened up, here's what it looks like. I'm really interested in it. And I just want your, you know, your blessing, so to speak, if you'd be open from, you know, to me doing that immediately was like, yeah, of course. Like, I remember you telling me in the interview, like you would do this one day. I totally see a fit for it. Like, good luck, man. Like super, like the way easier, you know, I thought I was kind of like, thought I was going to have this like back and forth and have to kind of bob and weave objections, but no, it really paid off just to be upfront uh, early on. I love it. And then maybe before we get to the the transition and things that you, you, you learned when you were in sales, how were you observing Gong's content? Like, how are you yeah. using it? I, I, I'd love to understand that. So I, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller, so you can you can cut this or fast forward me if you want. But I was at my desk at Eventbrite and I was in that point where I'm like, I know I'm going to leave because like all those things I just mentioned happened. And I'm like, you know, I, just, I don't want to be here anymore. It's just time for me to move on. Nothing bad about Eventbrite. Great people, great company. Just, was, you know, it's just time. And my director came over and she was like, hey, uh, our VP found this article. Uh, why don't you read it and bring it to the uh, team sales uh, sales team meeting and talk through it. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. I'm reading it and it's, wow, these people are like talking about sales analytics and it's talking about the best talk to listen ratio for a sales rep. Like I've never seen anything like that. My mind was like blown and uh, it was really interesting. It was, you know, some gone content, obviously. And you know, a couple hours later, I had one of those blind recruiter calls, you know, where they email you and they're like, here's this awesome series A company and your life's going to be great. But I can't tell you who I can't tell you who it is. Like you just have to get on a call. So I was like, screw it, whatever. So I get on the call and she's like, yeah, it's a series A company. They're doing some cool stuff in the sales space. They record and analyze calls or out about data. I was like, is this gone? She's like, yeah, yeah. The company's gone. And I was like, sold. I'm like, sign me up. I love their content. I you know I'm already in. And so obviously I interviewed and, you know, that all, that all worked out, but that was kind of like my initial, you know, uh, experience with the content. And so when I was on, on the sales team, like I was eating up everything Chris wrote, Chris Orlov was the author at the time. Uh, he created the, the gong labs research blog. And I remember just as soon as it dropped, I was like stopping what I was doing. I'm reading the whole thing. I'm like, it's so well-written, like the data, the storytelling, And I'd always loved writing. I was an English major in college, but this was like this new, like flavor of content, if you will, where I'm like, shit, this is actually really good content, despite that I'm in my B2B world right now. Like this is good regardless. And I think that's what kind of sparked like B2B content doesn't have to suck. It doesn't have to be boring or dry. Like you can have some fun with it. And I think as a consumer of it, that's the like mentality I try to deliver to my audience when I'm creating content is like, this is good regardless of, you know, obviously Netflix is going to beat me all day long, but if I can get five minutes before Netflix and you view me towards that versus like a white paper or something boring like that, that's what I, what I strive for. I love the story. Great uh, perspective and mentality. And I, I read, I stumbled across the no fluffs given metadata, uh, yeah. three core pillars. And you're, I think you're talking about just, gong content and the three core pillars, clear, unique point of view, clear target audience and defined brand tone, which I I like 
I know everything where Gong's at and uh, how, you know, the where Gong is in the hearts and minds of so many, just because I've heard it. But like, as I read that piece in the structure, I was like trying to check the box. I was like, am I thinking about things in a similar fashion? So maybe like those foundational building blocks that you're talking about in that article, just like, yeah. how did you come to those? Like, was that something you inherited during your transition or was that something that you just needed to reset when you stepped into the content role? Yeah, it, it, I, I'm always honest. Like Chris and Udi, so Udi's our was our VP of sales, or excuse me, VP of marketing. Now he's our CMO. Chris was employed like three, and he came up with the blog with our CEO, and uh, it was definitely gaining popularity. Like people knew about it. it wasn't as big as it is today, just because Gong is bigger than it is uh, today. But there was definitely a foundation. And so what was funny was when I apl- when I applied for this role, I was supposed to join Chris's team as like an IC, and he was going to start building up this team. Once I got the green light, like as I'm getting the green light, Chris goes, actually, I want to go back into sales. So we did like a freaky Friday switch <laughs> in the hallway. We're like literally within 30 days, like the sales guy turned marketer and marketer went back to sales. And so speaking of like doors opening, if you're in the right place, I went from being an IC to like, now you are the content team. And in six months, we're going to give you a headcount. And now we're at, you know, two years later, we're at four people on my team. So that was, that's why earlier, like, did you think you'd be here? Like, no, like just getting to that side of the department was like the win. This all just kind of played out. So Udi was very specific on our point of view. Him and Amit are like, we have a very specific point of view, which is like, essentially, why does your company exist, right? Like there should be a problem that you solve that only you, that you're uniquely positioned to solve. And that goes into like revenue intelligence and the whole, you know, creating a, a category, a whole nother podcast probably. But like, essentially your POV is like, what is broken in the world and what is your point of view to fix it? That's like essentially what it is, which is for Gong is using data to drive sales like or uh, data over opinions is like the very boiled down way to think about it. Then it was like the tone, right? Which like Udi rebranded a little bit before I joined uh, the marketing team. We were like a blue logo, you know, very like, he, uh, he calls it the series A blue. And it was like, kind of forgettable. And then we rebranded it's like pink and purple and these like lively characters on the website and like really, really believe in just being bold. And so I'm like, okay, I can like, I can work with that when I like, you know, join the team and I'm like owning, you know, social media, which is a big part of like, you know, the market facing voice and email marketing and webinars. So I'm like, cool. Cause that's who I am. Like I'm, I'm bold. I'm not like wild and silly, but I'm, you know, I like to have fun and I'm casual, but I'm professional and I want to be authoritative, which going to like, uh, you know, the last part, like the tone is like, that's who our audience is. Like the goal for me was to be a mere reflection of our audience so that they see themselves and identify with us. And when you speak to their problems, when you speak to their challenges, when you speak in the language and the tone, you're not like a marketer who's trying to sell them. You're like one of their, you know, like one of them. And so that's been like the secret to our success. Obviously it's all three of those pillars, you know, stacked up, but is really just having that brand tone down that reflects your audience. So that's so good. And that gets into the domain expertise. I feel like you have the ability to do that because you were the buyer of Gong, like yeah. in your in your previous role. Like, is that critical? Do you, do you think that like having that domain experience and then entering a content position as a leader is is critical in order to kind of cut through the noise and be as impactful and as memorable as Gong is today. 
I would say so. And I'm also very mindful, like this is a, you know, philosophy that benefits myself and my story, right? It's easy to be like, you know, when someone's like, what should all marketers do? I'm like, well, you should do content. Cause like, I'm a content guy. So when people are like, should you have domain expertise? I'd be a fool to be like, no, you don't need it. So yes. I, and I tell people too, like if I had been in sales and went to go market it, like GitHub, right. Who, who markets to developers, I don't know developers. I've never, I've never written a line of code. I don't even know how to code. Like, I don't even know how to use the equations in Excel. Like I'm not that person. So if I tried to market to them, I would be, you know, one, the learning curve would be a lot longer and it would have taken me a lot longer to be successful and probably would be overall less successful. So I believe wholeheartedly that that domain expertise is very paramount. The reason I also believe it's more important now than ever was content has changed. So you think of content marketing 10-ish years ago, it was very product focused. It was updates on our company, updates on our webinar, but like thought leadership was not really what it is today. People weren't just out here sharing their secrets, right? Like 10 years ago, people weren't on a podcast talking about, here's how I do everything. Here, here's here's how I did it all. Go take it. Right? That, that wasn't, it wasn't the case at all. So today, now that everyone's expects, you know, if you want their attention, you have to deliver value. And if you're selling or marketing to a B2B professional, value is help them be better at their job. So how can I do that if I don't know their job, if I haven't done that job and if I don't speak that language, right? So I believe it's been very helpful for us. And I even coach like other marketers and like marketing leaders. I tell them, try to find that person internally who's willing to at least guide your marketing team. And if you get really lucky, like go find a product manager who can write or a product manager who can, you know, speak well on video and on events and either hire them and bring them onto your team uh, or at least like make a really good relationship with them if they are, they are internal. Because what it comes down to is like the content strategy is a million small decisions that you have to get right so that the content at the end of it hits the way that you want it to for that audience. You know what I mean? For, for sales, we don't say end of the quarter, we say end of quarter. And if you say that wrong in a blog once or twice or a couple of things here and there, you lose that credibility and you're never going to get that reader back. There's a, there's a lot there. Hopefully people out there listening wrote some of that stuff down because uh, it's, it's, it sticks with me. So domain expertise, obviously important. I, I'll agree as someone, a content person in a similar uh, but adjacent position, what about like you mentioned building teams, you mentioned, you know, hiring, bringing people on board, like what's your mentality? Are you like, all right, I need to find a bunch of sales reps and convert them over to content marketers, or is it I'm bringing on marketers and I'm trying to coach them up and have them speak and facilitate conversations with our market in order to level them up so they can, yeah. you know, be able to write and do videos and podcasts like, like I'm doing, like, what's your process? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think it'd be easy to say like, well, I, I was a salesperson turned marketer, so I'll just go find a team of them. Um, but that wouldn't really be a diverse team. And that's diversity, you know, obviously, you know, not just like, you know, male or female or like, you know, race, all that type of things. Like that's very important. Definitely very important. And if you look at my team, you can tell. But I also want diverse backgrounds and experiences. If I have five Devons, even if they're, you know, male or Indian or, you know, black or whatever, like that's not completely diverse. It's diverse in one way, but it's missing the mark completely. So when I'm hiring people, I look at a couple of things. One is like, what is the business need from this role? What is the skill gap that I have or my team has at this time that this person can fill? And what's the learning curve going to be to learn sales? Now, 
I say that last part because I don't expect any marketer that joins my team to have a sales background or to understand it like in depth, like I do, like that doesn't make any sense. That's my superpower. Why would I expect, you know, I don't need another flash on the team, you know, so to speak, like, let's get a different, you know, if we're building the justice league in this example, let's get different superpowers going. So when I hired uh, my first content marketer, um, I needed a generalist, someone who just gets content and, and also understood our brand and our strategy. Like when we were interviewing, he was explaining it back to me. So I understood, he understood like, this isn't just a cool, fun place to, to work and go do marketing. Like I see why you're making those decisions. So I'm like, okay, you can help me scale. Right. And then as we would add different roles, I'm looking for, okay, it's me and Jonathan, where's me and Jonathan's weak spot where, you know, where can we add and make this team stronger? And so that's what I look for every single time. Sometimes it's a more senior person. Sometimes it's not as senior as a person, but at the end of the day, there's a very clear path to what's the business impact that they're going to make. And then also how can I, as a leader, take this person to the next level of their career so that they're developing and my team's developing at the same time. I'm going to need to get someone to draw up a graphic of like the Avengers <laughs> building out a, con a content team, because I, I love that and the diversity and mindset you have around it. And that might have something to do with, I mean, you probably know better than ever, but just the reaction and the response in the market to what Gong is doing. I can tell you, we held our launch event and we had two CEOs and a VP of marketing on our panel and Gong was mentioned live in person as just an example of B2B content that doesn't suck, B2B content that uh, people that was helping people. And then like, it was like a swarm. They were like, yeah, like I love Gong stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like, it, you could, I don't know how we should figure out as markers ways to track that. Cause that, that's the metrics. <laughs> that really, right, a room of a hundred other markers and people are praising Gong. What is it? Do you think like, what's the secret sauce with Gong content, your brand and what you're doing? Is it a, a people, the strategy mixture of both? Yeah. Like what, what is it? Unpack it a little bit. I mean, content has a big part of it, but I'd be, you know, again, foolish to even try to take all that credit or say that's the only reason because it's not just a content marketing engine that we have. One of the things uh, Udi shared early on with us, and he he harps us all the time, not like harping like a like a negative way, just like like this is our like our, again our superpower, this is our focus, which is different is better than better. So when we go about doing things, I always tell the team like, look at like if we're going to launch a podcast, which which we did. Look at what's out there today. How is our audience like? And we're we're talking about senior revenue leaders for this for this channel. What is available to them today? If they went to the buffet, the podcast buffet for them, how what are the entrees that are available to them? What are they eating? What are they not eating? Okay, cool. I don't want a better macaroni salad. I don't want a better you know tuna sandwich. Whatever it is, we're making a new dish that they didn't even know that they wanted, but it's going to be familiar to them enough where they feel invited to it. Right. I'm not like providing something so out there and crazy where they're like, I don't identify with that, but it has to be different. So when you look at like, you know, the website itself, there's not like white space on the website, right. It's, it's very, you know, there's, I think there's a gradient. If I remember correctly, there's a bulldog on half, half the pages and our Bruno bot is our drift bot. Um, you know, you look at our tone from content that we talked about, like, we use very approachable words. We use, five, I told my team, I don't want $10 words. I don't want four syllables. I want simple things that we say every day. And when you accumulate all of that across the whole marketing engine, product marketing, category design, ABM, et cetera, we're not trying to be like something you've seen before. We're trying to be the next evolution of that because we know that to capture your attention and to keep it, we have to be different. 
And so that's just been like our core strategy. And as we scale, that's like our core focus. Like we have to be different. Different is better and it's working for Gong. That's for sure. Um, I want to spend some time talking about the thing that everyone always talks about. And that's like the use of Gong data and content which is powerful. And it has me reflecting and thinking about all the marketing roles across the various companies that I've worked for and thinking about like, why didn't I try to connect the dots better and use our product and customer utilization data, whether it was internally or through our content, like share the process there. Like, how does it work at at Gong? I'd love for you to get kind of in the weeds with maybe how it came to be and currently how it works and how do you execute it today? Yeah. So when you, when you think about a content strategy, it's the what and the why content marketing is the how. So when you think of like, why would we even use data in the first place or what, what should we do to be different? Right. This is the, is the really the first one. It was like, well, let's go back to our point of view. Our point of view as a company is that salespeople should rely on data instead of opinions to close more deals, grow their business, dot, 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 whatever. So for our content strategy, and this is what I you know, tell marketers all this time, like take your POV and extend that into your content strategy. So for us, at the time, salespeople only had anecdotal evidence and experience-based content. So for example, you know, Jill, been in sales for 20 years, she's very successful, um, but you're only getting her point of view and her experience in her advice. Uh, same with any, you know, any male, any, anybody across the board, that's all that was available to salespeople. So uh, me and Chris were like, well, why don't we take our point of view, our data that nobody else has different and build a content engine around that. And so that's when Chris started writing Gong Labs. It was a LinkedIn blog. He posted on Pulse. He did like every two weeks for about two years and started building up our brand awareness that way. And so when I, when I joined, I was like, okay, we're definitely keeping that going. And then I'm like, how do we scale that Gong brand, uh, that Gong Labs brand? So I was like, let's take the written content and make it video. Let's take it and break it down on social. Let's make webinars out of the best blogs that come out that people are really resonating with. So it became you know, the center of our content strategy and also the beginning of the content waterfall, right? So we can repurpose and reuse. When it comes to kind of the how, you know, we're taking all of our product user data, anonymizing it, using working with our R&D team and data analysts and data scientists to extract different things, right? So for example, um, I used to curse all the time before I had a one-year-old. I still do. I just don't do it in front of her. And I'm at my desk one day. This is actually how it happened. So I'm at my desk and I'm like, all right, I got to come up with a new Gong Labs. Like, what am I going to do? Like, fuck, I don't know. Wait a second. What about cursing on sales calls? Because I'm like, I've cursed a few times. But when people curse at, like not at me, but like with me, it feels like a good thing. Like, I feel like that's actually a positive thing. There we go. There's the, there's the hypothesis, if you will. And that's about as scientific as I get, like that word. So I, you know, work with the sales um, scientists and I'm like, okay, here's what we want to figure out. Here's a list of curse words. Don't tell HR I wrote this and send an email to you. Analyze when buyers and sellers say that, uh, say this, these words, how does it impact win rates? Positive, negative, so on got the numbers back, doesn't have a negative impact at all. It actually had a slight positive uptick, right? So I'm like, gold, this is different. It's counterintuitive. It's going to piss off a bunch of people, which I was totally fine with and still am to a degree. And so we published it and it was probably the most popular post I've ever written because I still get people like sellers, you know, like on a discovery call, if I'm like taking a, taking a meeting, they'll bring it up or they'll curse at me like immediately. And they'll be like, yeah, I remember because that blog you wrote. And I'm like, 
you didn't read the whole thing. Cause at the end I said, don't, don't do that, but it's all good. Like it's all good. So hopefully that kind of, that kind of makes sense. And I'm, I'm down Brett to like go into a little bit deeper, but that's kind of like the why the how, and an, an example of how it kind of set us apart. No, it's so good. And I think it's good because it's real and authentic. And uh, I love the story of just having a breakthrough and it can come by just saying fuck. And then what yeah. do you know? <laughs> That's probably um, the best, most productive curse word I've ever used was at the, that moment. 100%. Uh, 100%. All right. Maybe we, I'd love to maybe close it out with this. Uh, Devin, sales guy transitioned into content leader at a, one of the most popular B2B brands there, there is. I would imagine it's probably not all roses all the time. It never is in technology. However, you mentioned superpower. We all have superpowers. I'd love to maybe understand and maybe something you can share with other content marketers to help educate around like how do you use kind of that sales background and that uh, superpower you have to, to get your team on board and maybe drive cross-functional alignment at Gong, like maybe share some perspective yeah. on, on that. So yeah, my, my, it's a question to use in interviews. I have, you know, remind my team of their superpower. Like my, my everyone has a marketing superpower. Um, you might be refining it or still kind of finding it, but you know, if you're familiar with comic books, most, most people have it and they kind of realize it later. Mine is I understand our audience deeply, right. Having been that person, the skills that I took from sales to marketing are very different, right? Like there's a let, when you have a quota over your head, the level of urgency is at an all time high, the level of accountability is at an all time high. And so I bring those things to the, to my team, which is like, look, we're here to create the best content on the internet for salespeople. That's our like MO. And in terms of like adhering to that, I tell them like, look, the gong brand is in our hands. We own social, we own email, we own events and webinars events is what does an events team, but like we, you know, we do a lot of the content and a lot of stuff that's market facing. So we have to come correct and we can't get lazy. And so part of that is like, you know, if you think about a quota, you don't get to take a week off and be lazy. I mean, if you take PTO, that's one thing, but like, you don't get to be lazy for a month and hit your goal. Uh, you don't get to close a deal on, you know, January 2nd and get Q4 quota attainment, right? So I bring those things not as like a hustle culture or like, you know, kind of fear mongering thing, but I'm like, look, we have a job to do. We, as you mentioned, like we are very visible in the market right now. Like we're at the top of our game. It's in your hands. Like you decide what you bring every day. You decide if you're going to hit a deadline or miss it. And we're all in this together. Like I tell my team all the time, I'm always shotgun with you. If you don't want me to be shotgun, put me in the back seat. If you don't need me at all, pick me up at the next stop. Like I'm, I'm always here to help however I can. And I just remind my team, like you have a superpower. I hired you for a reason. And I always tell, and I got this from Moody too. Like I hire somebody on my team who's better than me, at least one thing. So use that thing and go be great. Good stuff, man. I think uh, anyone listening can understand why Gong is where it is and why the content kicks ass. Appreciate you sharing, man. Before I let you go, you mentioned the podcast. There's a lot of stuff you're producing. What is something that the listeners of this podcast should go check out? Yeah. So if you want, uh, the, I, there's kind of like two Devin Reads. There's obviously me. And then there's like, you know, the, the head of content at Gong. So if the, if the research uh, sounds interesting to you and maybe just for inspiration, even if you're not in sales, Go subscribe to Gong Labs. Uh, you can do it either on the website, on the blog, or on uh, on LinkedIn. You can get like the, you know the direct mailer that's available. Uh, maybe we can put that in the show notes. Uh, Bread to make it easy. Yeah. And then I have a personal newsletter, the Content Strategy Reader, 
I share it every Saturday in the morning. It takes less than five minutes to read and it's strategies and tactics to create memorable content. So every week is kind of like a little mini lesson. Uh, I just wrapped up a little two-parter on how to write promos that people love. So there's just tons of little stuff in there, things I've learned the hard way. Um, and I just like to share with others. I love it, man. Everyone go check that out. We'll put it all in the show notes. Devin, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate the time and everyone go check out the content at Gong. Right on. Thanks, Brett. Okay, Devin Reed is someone you certainly will want to follow. This guy is full of knowledge. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation and hopefully you are signed up for all of Gong's content and things. There's so much good stuff going on. I love how they're using their product data to educate. Go check out what they're doing. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more 3C Podcasts coming at you next week. 